0: Talk Radio.
1: Good morning, pet people, and welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm your host, Marie Hewlett, and I wish you a very happy Sunday, I know that weekends are busy for everyone, so I truly thank you for carving out a little time for our show. This morning, I've asked Pat Wright from Ferrets Anonymous to make a return trip to the pet place to give us some updates on how ferret legalization in California is progressing and how everything went with the environmental impact report that was submitted to the state for evaluation. It's all very interesting, and for ferret owners who are living secret lives out there, it's imperative to know what's going on and how we all can work together to try and make these little guys legal in our state. Then after our halftime break, Judy Mancuso from Social Compassion and Legislation have some very disturbing news about a new law that's being considered that would make video or photographic documentation of cruelty at factory farms and agricultural sites illegal. It's a clear cut case of meat industry lobbyists making their moves on our elected officials at the cost of animal suffering, and no one should sit back and passively allow this proposed legislation to pass. This and more are coming right up, so stay tuned to the Pet Place on K Mozart, and we'll begin after a very quick message from the station. <laughs> Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on K-Mozart. I'm Marie Hewlett, and joining me now is Pat Wright from .org. Good morning, Pat. I'm so glad you could join us today.
0: Thank you, Marie. I appreciate the invitation.
1: I really love your organization. I know you've been fighting for so long to legalize ferrets in California, and I know there are a lot of ferret owners out there who who are basically lawbreakers who really shouldn't be because they just have, you know, cute little pets that they love. So tell me, what's the history? Let's remind everybody if they don't already know.
0: The history of the ban? Um, back in the 1930s, the California, I can't remember if it was the legislature or the commission, um, just lumped all ferrets together as wild animals. And this was before you know, pet ferrets uh, were popular. Um so it's just a uh, misclassification. Domestic ferrets are not wild animals, mm-hmm. and therefore they shouldn't be part of the ban. It's as if they lumped, um, you know, dogs, you know, with wolves and, and said all are wild.
1: Right. There's
0: quite a difference.
1: And and California is only one of two states that makes ferrets illegal. What's the other state? Is that Hawaii?
0: Hawaii is the other state.
1: Okay. Well, that kind of makes sense. They're they're pretty strict with their animal regulation. But I understand that you have actually given the state of California an environmental impact report of some kind to show that, that ferrets really will cause no problems here. And, and what happened with that?
0: Well, back in 2000, the commission said they were not going to proceed with ferret legalization until the proponents agreed to fund an environmental impact report. Um you know,
1: and that was very expensive too. I remember our conversation about that.
0: Well, we thought it would be and and when they the bill Arnold Schwarzenegger vetoed, which would have called for an environmental act, impact report if, you know, an initial study said there was any risk of anything bad, um they budgeted a quarter million dollars, but when you take in consideration everything that does not apply, which is most of the issues, we got it done for something over thirteen thousand. We presented it to the Fish and Game Commission and they said it was not complete without a CEQA checklist, California California Environmental Quality Act. So we spent another three thousand dollars on a CEQA checklist, which is just forms. Uh and then they have refused to read it and on signal, what basis? oh, they don't have time. But they did issue a statement <laughs> that it was not scientifically valid or thorough enough.
2: Really
0: um, without but, without reading it they could make that determination? Yep. No one has ever read it. We have the proof. So we are investigating a lawsuit right now. It's a due process lawsuit. I hope to have an answer back from an attorney, um and and seeing if we can proceed. Because the whole thing is it's very unfair and it's not the way that you know that I was raised that this country operates.
1: Wow. So you have this environmental impact report. Completed, I'm assuming you had scientists involved in the process who who completed the whole survey using scientific method right. and what's what's the complaint? Why are they saying it's not scientifically valid?
0: Oh well, we can't I mean there's no that's all they'll say is that it's not thorough or scientifically valid. It was done by sacramento state university it was not done by a ferret proponent um you know it, it meets all the guidelines uh if it weren't political it would have gotten a negative declaration meaning that you know they could proceed uh, that there are no grounds for concerns as far as ferrets and you know really the 48 other states and all the other countries make the perfect laboratory you know feral ferrets cannot exist except on island ecosystems where there's plenty for them to eat and nothing to eat them.
1: Uh-huh. So. so I don't understand. Why is California digging its heels, and why are they so anti-serrant?
0: Well, years ago when we started, one of the state senators explained it to me, is that they have the power and we don't, and that's all that matters.
1: But it doesn't make any sense.
0: No, it's I'm just bullying.
1: Confused. So, I mean, why would anyone care when we have all these real serious issues? Here in California, revolving around budget and crime and education, why does anybody in our political system say, well, I'm going to make sure ferret owners can't ever have ferrets
0: legally? Well, that's not what they're doing. They're just afraid to move on the issue, um, so it's better to leave it alone, and that's the problem is we can't get any traction. Um, You know, for a politician to stick his neck out or her neck out for us, they would be ridiculed, you know, as as California sinks into more debt. Mm -hmm. You know, here is some person worried about ferrets. The press is kind of mean when it comes to that.
1: Well, that's crazy because, well, pets and people are important, whether or not lawmakers will... Admit to that, but the fact is that when people have pets, they're happier, they're more stable, they're mentally well. So to say, you, you, all these people in our state who have ferrets, we're going to go ahead and continue to make you live in fear that your beloved pet can be impounded and shipped out of the state at any time.
0: There's no enforcement of it.
1: Well, I do know that occasionally when ferrets get loose, and they end up at shelters. Shelters really don't have any recourse other than to send them out of the state to, to
0: rescue. Well, often they go out the back door <laughs> you think with so? no records.
1: <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, you know, I hope that's the case. But, but being affiliated with a number of shelters, I have seen a few very sad stories where people oh, had yeah. to lose their ferrets. In fact, Recently, at the Irvine shelter, a ferret was impounded, and it was shipped to Arizona. And the owner who really, I mean, they could have taken the ferret if if everybody did ship it out the back door. <laughs> right. <laughs> or not, not officially counted into the shelter. They had to pay to go and have the animal shipped to Arizona and then secretly shipped back to California and there was a lot of expense involved in that and Oh,
0: truly.
1: And and that's unfortunate. People shouldn't have to do that. If you have a pet and it's obviously a pet that's not causing any problem to the ecosystem, then then let's get into the mode that the other 48 states are in and say, "Yeah, ferrets are pets. They're not wild animals. They don't cause any environmental damage."
0: Well, if we had enough people who would would get involved, and I encourage people to go to org and sign up for our email newsletter, um, it would certainly help. The petitions, the letters, uh, everything that's going on, Um, there's not really much of an argument against ferret legalization. We had a pretty good bill that we're ready to introduce. Um, It had a $50 one-time license fee that went to the local shelter. Um, Because, first of all, we're trying to discourage impulse buying of ferrets,
2: Mm -hmm. so
0: we Actually, we prefer the price of pet ferrets uh, go up. Okay. And then plus the one argument they have is that it would be an additional cost on local shelters, so that took away that argument. Hmm. So um, really, there is no reason uh, ferrets shouldn't be legal, except, you know, ferrets have a bad PR. And There's a story going on now about, in Argentina, they were selling ferrets on steroids <laughs> that people mistook <laughs> as poodles. No way. Yeah, that's all over the place, and it, it, the article doesn't make sense because because who you know who, who couldn't tell the difference between a, a fluffy f- fluffy ferret and a poodle? <laughs> but what really bothered me was on MSN they called ferrets rodents. You know oh. they were confusing rodents with poodles, and it's like you know that's the problem we have is that the the knowledge base on ferrets is so so limited.
1: Well, frankly, if somebody buys.
0: A ferret
1: and thinks it's a poodle and is upset about it. I think they kind of get what they deserve.
0: Well, the poor ferret. <laughs> well, I that mean, is
1: true. That is true. I take that back. I, and you, I,
0: you really can't pump a ferret full of steroids. No, um, and make it look like a dog. No, that's yeah. not true. But for MSN to say that they were rodents, it's like, oh gosh, we got a long way to go.
1: Wow. Now, what about just making an initiative, a ballot initiative?
0: Well, that was a big discussion and, and very controversial. And it, it, we came into the same the same thing. There's not enough knowledge about ferrets. It does not affect uh, a great, uh, you know, it's just, it doesn't affect enough people for it to be really relevant. Hmm. Um, I don't
1: know if I agree with that or not because every pet store that I've ever been into has an entire section for ferret supplies, ferret care, ferret toys, ferret cages. So clearly there's a lot of people out there buying ferret paraphernalia.
0: True, and they're not being bothered really by the state unless your ferret gets out. Um, You know, enforcement has has been pretty nil for the past five years. Um, We came pretty close to getting a a legislative sponsor this year. Um, I think we can do it next year. I think... That the lawsuit, we are going to find out that the Fish and Game Commission and the Department of Fish and Wildlife did violate our due process rights. And we have an economic impact report coming out, which will say how much the state of California is losing by this ridiculous Mm ban. With all those things coming together, I truly think we'll have a legislative sponsor um, next year.
1: Wow, that's fabulous.
0: If enough people help...
1: By going to your website, which
0: is? dot Oh,
1: that's an easy one. <laughs> yes,
0: it's right there.
1: I know you guys had a lot of high hopes when Arnold Schwarzenegger was the governor because he had previously indicated that he would support legalization of ferrets, and, yes. and that kind of all fell to pieces. How is our current governor?
0: Well, he's going to be advised, like we were told by various members of the uh, legislature that the Fish and Game Commission will advise him to veto any ferret bill, and that, that Governor Brown would have a hard time um, ignoring their advice. Wow! But we didn't even get that far. Uh huh. Um, but you know, I think we can deal with that issue if this issue moves through the legislature. Enough enough discussion will will occur that people realize that you know, ferrets have not posed a threat anywhere where they've been introduced, except in New Zealand, but to a much minor extent that, that's claimed, and also the Shetland Islands, you okay. know, island ecosystems. Right, so right. So California is not an island ecosystem.
1: Absolutely not. Well, Pat, I hope you continue to fight for these little guys and that the next time you come on The Pet Place, you'll have great news for all of us. So thanks for being on the uh, show today. Well,
0: thank you so much.
1: We need to take a super quick break now, but when we return, Judy Mancuso from Social Compassion and Legislation has some terrible news about a new law being considered by our state representatives that would actually criminalize people for video- videotaping or photo-documenting cruelty to animals in the farm setting. This is information that you really need to act on, so don't go anywhere because we'll be right back with more of The Pet Place here on K-Mozart. Welcome back to the Pet Place Radio Show on K-Mozart. I'm Marie Hewlett, and joining me now from Social Compassion and Legislation is our old friend Judy Mancuso. Good morning, Judy, and welcome.
2: Good morning. Thank you, Marie.
1: I am so glad that you're uh, making some time for us. I'm, I've am i been hearing a lot of stories about a bill that is pretty disconcerting called AB 343 that is making its way through our California legislature, and I was wondering if I could get your take on that.
2: Yes. Well, it's actually going to the very first committee, which is the agriculture committee on the assembly side, and we hope to kill the bill there because we definitely want to uh, make a statement that this type of bill Uh, cannot, should not, will not get passed in the state of California.
1: Uh, And this is a whistleblower bill, basically, that would make it illegal for somebody to videotape or photograph animal cruelty in the agricultural
2: setting? Yes, it says any person who willfully or knowingly photographs, records, or videotapes animal cruelty shall provide a copy of the photograph, recording, or videotape to law, local law enforcement within 48 hours of taking the photograph, recording, or videotape, and that if you do not do so, a uh, violation of the subdivision shall be an infraction punishable by a fine of $250. Wow. So what it does is it turns the good guy into the bad guy. Well,
1: wow. Yeah.
2: Why was this even introduced? Well, there's a movement across the nation by um, uh, different farms, Cattlemen's Association. There's a group called the American Legislative Exchange Council, which is a conservative think tank uh, backed by business interests to uh, stop the reporting of animal cruelty on farms because obviously it costs them money with recalls of meat and, you know, shutting down the facility, Uh, and as there's been, you know, many of these cases reported in the news, you know, there is some really egregious animal cruelty happening on these farms.
1: And it's Uh, not just animal cruelty either. If you're somebody who works in this setting and you see health violations or safety issues, and you photograph or videotape those issues, you could be in trouble for that, too.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a food safety, it's animal cruelty, it's food safety. You know, there's a lot of implications here, and um, they say that it's to halt the abuse, but obviously it's not. It's To to halt
1: halt the abuse of... Of what?
2: Yeah, right. Uh, well, <laughs> you know, the, of, it, the, of it, the factory farms. <laughs> right. They need to stop the cruelty, not the documenting of cruelty. You oh, know. Gosh. Uh, so if there wasn't cruelty on their farms, then there there would be no reason for them to be afraid of these types of things. You know, I was talking to someone in Sacramento about this bill, and they said, you know, if if the farms really wanted to say that were all for stopping cruelty, then they could uh, monitor themselves by putting cameras up, sure. you know, like like the dash cams in mm-hmm. police cars. Mm-hmm. You know that has uh, exposed abuse by police officers, and there's a self-monitoring. So if they really care about animal abuse, then they should be putting the cameras up and monitoring themselves. But no, instead they want you know, all traces of any documentation off the farm. So what does that tell you?
1: Right. They they definitely have something to hide. Otherwise, they'd be completely transparent, and then everybody could feel good, if you can feel good, about <laughs> factory right. farming.
2: Right, 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 but at least eliminate that uh, essence of it. But, you know, so um, – There's been a lot of editorials against it, you know, from L.A. to Bakersfield, Sacramento, Redding, so, you know, Riverside, Santa Rosa. So there's definitely a big movement across the state uh, of uh, editorials that have come out against this and, of course, all the animal welfare groups. um, And if this truly was a bill that was helpful, animal welfare groups would be lining up behind it instead Uh of against it, and that's where everybody is right now.
1: Well, just playing devil's advocate for a moment, it says that if you turn your photographs or your videotapes over to law enforcement within 48 hours and everything's A-OK, why would somebody think there's a problem then? I mean, if you truly are documenting a serious situation, shouldn't you just turn it over right away anyway?
2: Well, from what I know, across the state, with uh, DA's offices, district attorneys' offices, are not—they're just not prosecuting animal cruelty cases the way we would want them to. With all the, you know, violence, gang violence, everything that comes before it with humans that animal cruelty uh, is last on the list and gets kicked out a lot I, and i hear this from animal control officers who you know have hoarding cases and different things that they bring forward and they can't get prosecuted mm-hmm. so if you have a photo that you take you know one day and you have to turn in within 48 hours then you know they can say well that's one bad apple it was one incident, mm-hmm. right and mm-hmm. it's easier to discard But if you can document uh, abuse, a chain of events, or that this is the protocol, you know, at a farm, then you can actually get the attention of a prosecutor and and show that they're breaking laws and maybe get something done. But Mm -hmm. just one incident, that's easy to just toss out.
1: Right, right, and, and I and suppose you'd baby. be on the radar too. Once you turn in something and bring it to the attention of law enforcement, they're going to bring it in ten- bring it to the attention of the the factory farm, who will then be on guard for anybody else who's documenting things and well, make sure it doesn't get documented.
2: Absolutely, and this is a employment. It's an at will state, so you know they can eliminate your employment immediately and. Make it for some other reason, you know, if it's not direct retaliation that, you know, you, you know, it's time for you to go, you know, they're downsizing a position, whatever. So, um, of course, people would be um, afraid, you know, and that's what this is set up to do, to intimidate and uh, and then also, you know, there's a violation. Now, it was originally a misdemeanor and a $500 fine, wow. and they changed it to an infraction and mm-hmm. a $250 fine, okay. uh, you know. So they, they've already been getting pushback on this bill, and, and we really hope that, you know, uh, come April 17th on the hearing that, you know, there's just a, a a groundswell of opposition, and and it gets pulled and
1: Absolutely. eliminated. So, how can our listeners help? What would you recommend that they all do if they wanted to get involved and and stop this in its tracks?
2: Well, calling the committee chair's office for the agriculture agricultural committee would be the best thing because right now. What they do is they document, you know, how many people are calling in. And if you're a group, an organization actually doing a letter against it and uh, faxing it in by this Friday will get put on the bill's analysis. So, you know, if it shows a huge amount of groups and organizations across the state uh, against it, you know, that's a very good thing. So, so
1: that would go to Susan Telemantes eggman the, uh, the Assembly member that you would write to? Yeah,
2: she's the chair of the committee, and uh, the fax number there is uh, 916, let me make sure I'm getting... Okay, I think I was just about to give the number to call. And
1: I think it's 916-319-2184. That's the that, fact That's the number. fact, yeah,
2: correct, correct.
1: But if you wanted to actually call and talk to somebody, that would be 916-319-2084. And wouldn't you say that both methods are effective?
2: Both um, calling
1: and taxing?
2: Well by the twelfth because then they they put the analysis for the bill together and uh so by then when they have all the opposition they can list that in the analysis and then that comes out the week of the fifteenth since the hearing is the seventeenth. Okay. So then the different assembly members' offices who are on the committee then look at the analysis, they look at the support, they look at the opposition and they decide, you know, based on that, based on the merit of the bill, whether they're, they're going to vote for it or not. And, you know, and some of these members are being fooled that, you know, oh, this is a good thing. It's about exposing it, uh, animal cruelty. And uh, we're trying to tell them, no, it's not. It's actually to chill the process, not right. to help. Right,
1: and if there is a problem with these cases getting prosecuted because our district attorney's office is concentrating on criminal activity towards people, then really one of the best ways that we have as animal advocates to combat cruelty in industry is to post on social media. Mm-hmm. and if you're you're making posts rather than turning your videos in, potentially, if this law passes, you're going to be a criminal.
2: Yep, you're a criminal. Absolutely. Judy, well, you always
1: have such amazing information. I, I really thank you for being on the show today.
2: Thank you, and I want to thank your audience for taking action on this as well, Marie. Thank you so much.
1: Definitely. It's time to take our last break of the morning, but when we return, be ready for Pet Place news and events here on K-Mozart. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show, and it's time for Pet Place News. And this morning, it is indeed very sad news. My dear friend of over 22 years, Gary Liken, passed away early Tuesday morning after a long battle with cancer. He was 68 years old. I met Gary in 1991 while working on the Pet Place TV show, and we became fast friends. He was like a big teddy bear with an even bigger heart who loved animals and wanted to save each and every homeless pet. He had seen the Pet Place TV show and really wanted to help out in any way he could. In no time at all, he became the executive producer and coordinated everything from assembling volunteers to keeping cats and dogs from fighting on the set. For the next 19 years, the Pet Place was directly responsible for showcasing adoptable pets from shelters and rescues and led directly to the adoption of thousands of pets who would have otherwise been destroyed, and that was largely due to the efforts of Gary, who would regularly invite high-kill shelters to bring their most at-risk pets into the spotlight. Gary was also a radio enthusiast and envisioned a radio branch of the Pet Place that would provide resources, news, and information to animal advocates. The late Fred Bergendorf, Gary, and I brainstormed about the possibilities, And with the support and encouragement of Saul Levine, this station's owner, the Pet Place radio show was born seven years ago. Up until last week, when I saw Gary for the very last time, we talked about ideas for the show and also about educational PBS documentaries that we could produce in the future that would cover animal related topics and ways that we could end animal suffering and abuse. He never stopped caring and his passion as an animal advocate was the fuel that kept him working, even from his bed until the very last days. I have been inspired greatly by the amazing light that filled every room that Gary entered. His smile, his humble nature, and his commitment to animal advocacy will forever be etched in my memory. I will miss him greatly. Rest in peace, Gary.